Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, July the 18th, 2023. It is currently 9.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Have you ever watched some church services? Or have you ever attended a church service? Or have you ever listened to sermons? And when it's all said and done, you're left with kind of a very negative feeling. You're kind of discouraged. You're kind of frustrated. You're kind of disappointed. You're disillusioned. Like there's just something did not sit right with you. Like there there were things that you can definitely talk about that was good, but when it's all said and done, you just don't feel something just did not sit right with you. Well, that's how I'm feeling right now on this Tuesday, July the 18th. I'm a little, I don't have the words and I'm a little frustrated, but I do have these words. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, to me, that grieving of the Holy Spirit would be attached possibly to the corrupt communication that proceed out of our mouths when we're not edifying or building people up. Possibly. I don't know. You could, you could draw your own conclusion. Typically, that grieve not the Holy Spirit is usually ripped out of context there. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There's kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness, no bitterness, no wrath, no anger, no clamor, no evil speaking, and putting away all malice. That, that, that's very clear. That, that's something that all Christians can say amen to and we understand. Now, let me ask you, when it comes to preaching, and you want to preach against things, You want to preach against things strongly and boldly and bluntly. Is there a line there where you're preaching against it? You want to condemn it? You want to speak against it? You want to use it maybe even as an illustration? At what point do you cross over and you kind of just started entering into maybe all you're doing is corrupt communication? Maybe all you're doing is saying things that is not good. It is not edifying. It's not ministering grace. It is grieving the Holy Spirit. It is filled with bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and it's it's filled with malice. There is no there, there's no tender heartedness. There's no forgiveness. At, at what point does that line cross? Now I understand we got to have a balance here, right? I'm not saying that. Ooh, you never say anything harsh. You never condemn anything. Now, I, I, there's got to be a line there. Now the reason I'm struggling, the reason reason I'm I'm struggling with these emotions and feelings and and trying to understand this is because well. Today was day two of the Sword of the Lord National Conference or the National Sword Conference of 2023, if I said 2022. Today was day two of the 2023 National Sword Conference. I watched all of it, heard all of the sermons. I have notes. Other people have sent me their notes Some of them are very well typed out. In some cases, I think the notes do a better job of capturing maybe the actual spiritual essence 
where in my mind, I didn't, in some of the cases, I did not get the spiritual essence. I didn't even really get the textual essence because I was so impacted by some of the things that was said, some of the words, some of the attacks, some of the derogatory, just, just, just words that just seem derogatory. Just words that just seem so dismissive, so divisive. So just, just words that just seem to be of no ministering value. They just seem to be said almost like you're playing. It, it, it almost at times felt like this. Have you ever been on a playground? Now, I don't know how this works in the world with, with girls. I'm assuming there's something similar that goes on, but a lot of times with guys, there are a lot of guys on the playground. They decided someone decides they're going to pick on someone. They're going, someone's going to go after someone and someone will say something about them. Maybe how they look, maybe their inability to play a sport, whatever the case. And then someone else will jump in and then someone else and you, and you start saying things to this person and you're, you're doing it almost playing to the crowd, right? You're not, I don't even know if you even really care about the person. Just every, you're attacking, you're cutting that person down. I know that's kind of an outdated term. You're tearing them apart. You're trashing them. You're ripping them to shreds, you're, you're, you're tearing them up, right? And and because the crowd is like, ooh, ah, amen, you almost just play it up. But there's nothing obviously godly about it. It's horrible. It's it's derogatory. It's mean. It's it's unloving. There's no tenderheartedness. It, it, it's corrupt communication. You're destroying someone. And of course, you're ripping, from a Christian perspective, you're tearing someone apart who's created in the image of God. Sometimes I feel in preaching, preachers find themselves, they play to the audience. Ooh, we know the audience hates this stuff. So we keep coming and returning to the same concept over and over and over, tearing it up, using it in a divisive way, using it in in a very dismissive way, using it in a derogatory way. And, and it's almost like we're, we're, we're kids on a playground. And when preachers come across kind of like the bully on the pray, playground, just attacking people really for no, uh, no real spiritual value. Look, like I got no problem. Like if you're preaching on this issue and you attack the issue, you attack the philosophy in a very powerful way. there's a time to do that. But then there's sometimes when you're just throwing out comments, when it's really not even connected to your overall sermon, it's not really connected. Or, and even if it's connected, it, it, it really adds nothing to it other than, Ooh, look what, Ooh, it's almost like, it's, it's almost like, you know, you got all the people standing around and everybody's like, Ooh, burn. Did you hear what he said? It's almost like you're just saying it. To get you to rile up the crowd. It, it, it just comes across as juvenile. It comes across as playground. It comes across as just as worldly as what the world does when they're tearing people apart. And I don't like when that happens. And there hasn't been, there has been a clear examples at the 2023 National Sword Conference where I feel like that that's happening, that, that, that that's what it's turning into. Now, there's been some sermons that have been really good and not do that. In fact, they almost, there's been a couple of sermons where it's like, hey, first of all, let's not, let's, we need to get our eyes off politics and get our eyes on Christ. And then, hey, let's stop worrying about everyone else and let's look to our own sins. There's been some sermons that have done that at the 2023 National Sword Conference, and I got nothing but to applaud that. But then there's been others who just seem they can't, they, they gotta throw in something, right? I don't know how many times we're, we just finished day two. I don't know how many times in day two that they've either had to make a reference to nobody in the culture knows what a man is and nobody in the culture knows what a woman is. No, they, uh, we don't even know our pronouns and just like, just throwing these, this, this dismissive, derogatory, almost like mocking concepts out there. Now, I got no problem. You want to talk about the culture and the culture now moving away from maybe a definition of gender or moving away from male, female, binary to non-binary. Like we, you, if you want to get into where the culture is going, I got no problem. I got no problem having that discussion. 
I got no problem talking about and really going after in a, in, a, in a way, but just attacking and being dismissive and being derogatory of what value? Because let me ask everyone a question. Let me ask everyone a question. Let me ask everyone a question. Let's say the culture says, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's male, there's female. That's it. Only two genders. And we're going to go back to the original pronouns. He, she, right? Okay. We're not going to do it. You're right. You are all right. Christians, you are all right on that. What does that change? Does the culture become immediately godly? Is that, is that the, the thing Christians want to fix is just, we don't agree with, we want to fix that. Well, you can go back to a time where there were issues about maybe say, you know, male, female pronouns, transgender. There wasn't LGBTQ plus. You, you can just, you can say, I want to go back to the good old days where that didn't exist. But what good old days do you want to go back to? The good old days when people of a different skin color were treated not as human and denied basic civil rights? Do you want to go back to the time when human beings were bought and sold as property? Do you want to go back to the time when citizens of this country who were of Asian descent were put in internment camps? I mean, do you want to go back to the time when people who were on the land where the land was taken from them and then they were put in reservations. I like, I mean, what, what, like, where do you want? I mean, I mean, there's been lots of ungodliness throughout history, but it's like we get preoccupied with one issue and then we just like got to throw it out there. And so I don't know how many times like I would, I would almost want to go back through all the videos and just mark how, how many, anytime they, they make this comment, they make this comment. There's only male and female. And, and I got no problem if that bothers you in society. If that's what you want to preach on, then preach on it. Then preach on it. But let me ask you, what do those people need? Do those people need the people that you're attacking? And in many cases, it's just attacking. It's not like, you know, it's not calling for prayer for those people. It's not calling for compassion for those people. It's not calling for love and grace and mercy and the gospel. It just, it, it's just stated in almost a mocking way. Look, what do, you, what do you want from those people? What do you want from them? What you should want is they get the gospel. Now they, they will talk about soul winning, soul winning, soul winning, but then how are you going to be soul winning when you're too busy making derogatory, almost dehumanizing word, uh, uh, comments about people? Let me, let me ask you this. If someone at a pride parade, supposedly, well, cause the video went on viral. Well, our, the video went viral, said something like, we're coming for your children. Now, there's been lots of debate about what was actually said at the Pride event. I think this was in New York City, where an activist was supposedly saying, we're coming for your children. Now, if you talk to everyone there and talk to a lot of the people, they were like, hey, we were saying lots of outlandish things because we were trying to make a point where the point is you're accusing us of all of these things. So we're going to say all of these things to make a point. In other words, you accuse me of this. We're going to do this. And, and of course, the LGBTQ community gets constantly accused of being groomers and that they're grooming children. Okay, so whether you sh- whether they should have said it, shouldn't have said it, how they meant it, how they didn't mean it, we could debate that all day. There's articles after articles after articles about it. There's all kinds of back and forth. No, what that's been said before. No, it hasn't been said before. It was one person. The, the actual chant was this, and someone chanted something different. And okay, and you could just, you, I mean, you can read all the articles. It's, it's not worth it. But if that if that is supposedly the case, let's say the LGBTQ community play, puts on a platform. We're coming for your children. What do they mean? They're coming for our children. We need to identify what that. We need to define what they mean. Are they coming to to sexually abuse them, or are they coming? In other words, we're coming for your children by we want them to to adopt our philosophy. Well, I mean, if you think about it, doesn't everyone go for the children? Every religion wants the children. Every philosophy wants the children. Politicians want the children. I mean, you know, conservatives, we need to teach our children this and that. Liberals, no, we need to teach our atheists. We need to teach. Everyone wants to go to the children because who controls the children controls 
kills the future kind of mindset. So everyone goes for the children. So if you're saying go for the children because they want to teach them a different ideology and a different way of thinking, well, you may go, no, you're not going to come for my children because I want my children to have this philosophy. But trust me, you'll go after their children to teach them your philosophy. So, okay. So what, so we would have to define exactly what they mean. Most likely, that's what meant. And now, if someone was actually on video saying, I'm coming for your children to sexually harm them, then you know what? Contact the local authorities. And, you know, they've made now a threat against children that they're going to, to, uh, to harm them. If that is, if that is anything close to reality. But let's say you see a video like that. How should a Christian respond? Should you respond by saying something like, well, yeah, yeah, you're going to come for the children? You better not come for mine, because if you come for mine and you come to my house, I've got a gun, basically threatening violence. Now, should that even be hinted at? Should that even be implied standing behind a pulpit? I have this and I have many other ammunitions, I think is the way, the, the because that's what happened at the 2023 National Sword Conference. He talks about this famous viral video that went around of supposedly an LGBTQ activist, LGBTQ plus activist saying something like, we're coming for your children. Again, there's all kinds of news articles debating what was actually said, why they said it. Some people said you're misinterpreting it. Okay, whatever, whatever. But even if they say they're coming for your children, you got to define exactly what they mean. So let's say they're saying, Hey, we're coming for your children. Okay. And, and you, and you understand that to mean they're coming to your children to teach them a different philosophy. I mean, no matter what it means, why would you threaten violence? Why would you make any implication that I come to my house and I have a gun? Like what? Like you, someone comes to your house to teach your children a different philosophy. You're going to kill them. That is now the Christian response. That is, and then, and then people in the comments was like, hey man, this is preaching. That's not preaching. That, that's not, it has nothing to do with God or Christianity. That is something, I don't know what that is. It's not, it's not this. It's not let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, which is good to the use of edifying as it may minister grace unto the hearers. It's, it's, it, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. It, it doesn't even have that spirit in it. Now you can be like, I, I'm opposed to the LGBTQ movement. Okay. You're opposed to their ideals. Okay. You don't want them com- coming for your children to teach them their philosophy. Okay. I understand. I understand. So you're going to teach your children that that philosophy is wrong. Completely understand. Got it. But you're going to threaten violence in any way, shape or form. Now you could say, you come for my children, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to teach them that your philosophy and your ideas are wrong. And if you were to attempt to harm my children, I would stand in the way between you and them and I would contact the authorities. Like, why wouldn't that be the more, I don't know, rational, godly, biblical response? Even if you're really reacting to the right thing, because let me tell you, you can go to any event, a pride event, a Trump campaign event. And if you walk around the crowds long enough, you will hear some total and utter crazy insanity. I don't care where it is. You, you, you're going to hear people chanting things and saying things that is horrific. I don't know if you're going to, do you want to make a point every time some, someone says something crazy at a pride event or a Trump event or a, the Re- Republican national convention or the Democratic na- national? No, you, you, and and to use it as an opportunity to tell everyone you have guns and you have ammunition? Like, I don't understand how that is even remotely belongs behind the pulpit and it's standing inside a church of the living God. I just don't understand it. I have to throw out something about Hillary Clinton. I have to throw something out about 
transgenderism and have to throw something out there about, and and here's what blows my mind. Okay, you're worried about one activist at at a pride event supposedly saying we're coming for your children. What about all the children? Because this was at the National Sword Conference. What about all the children have been sexually molested in independent fundamental Baptist churches? What about all the children have been sexually molested in Southern Baptist churches? What about all the children who've been molested within churches in Christianity? How about you say, Christian, those in the church are not going to come for my children. Why don't we talk about that? You want to talk about the perversion at the pride event? What about the perversion in your heart and my heart? What about the perversion in your mind and my mind? What about the, you want to talk about the sins out there? What about the sins inside the church? Why not make little snide remarks about, you know, uh, slanderous Christian women or, or, you know, prideful Christian men or gossip and backbiting and slant. Why don't you talk about, why don't we just make up little names and little, de- 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 you know, dismissive and derogatory comments about fellow Christians? Why, why don't we just do, no, 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 no. We save that for the world because see, if I sit there and talk trash about the world, I get the people on the playground all fired up and they're like, ooh, burn. Yeah, give it, come on, say something else. Ooh, let's make a video of how you're ripping them astray. See, that's awesome. But we don't want, we're not so cool with doing that with our fellow, with Christians. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about how Christians have, have become so politically hijacked and how Christians, I guess, think killing people with a gun is somehow something that needs to be said in the church, or at least the threat of violence. Like, stop it. Now, there's a fine line here. I'm not saying, well, you just don't condemn sin anymore. I'm not saying that. You condemn sin. Look, I loathe the charismatic movement. I loathe it. I hate it. I hate its theology. I hate its doctrine. I hate its preaching with everything inside of me. And let me make it very clear. There have been times in my Christian life that I will mock it and I'm guilty of it. And I, so I don't stand here with clean hands. I'm like falling on the floor, flipping around, barking like a dog, acting the fool, going blah, 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 and you know, mocking them, speaking in tongues. I've done that as a young pastor, even as an older pastor. And that is wrong and that is ungodly. Now I try my very best to never do it. I try my best. I want to attack the doctrine. I try not to attack the people. I try to attack the the doctrine I will rip into shreds, right? I got no problem with that. But the people, the people, I got to remember they're human beings creating the image of God, whether I agree. Look, I don't know, you may not like this, but Hillary Clinton is a human being creating the image of God. And what you should want for her is not to mock but her salvation, people who are transgender, people who are LGBTQ+, I don't know if you want to acknowledge this, they're real human beings who have an eternal soul that will either spend an eternity in heaven or hell. How about see them as a human being? Instead of being trying to correct their sexuality, how about love them, show them grace, and when the opportunity arises, present Christ to them. And you can present Christ to them, and you can convince them that they're a sinner without ever mentioning their sexuality. Now, once they become a Christian... And they're like, I'm a follower of Christ and I want to learn and I want to be discipled. Then you can then discuss the biblical teaching of biblical sexuality. You don't have to make that the issue. But what we want to do is we want to correct what makes us uncomfortable. We want them to live as a Christian, even if they're not a Christian. We want to force Christianity upon anyone and everyone, even though they are not Where is that line? Where is that line when preachers are just, basically they're acting like bullies on a playground, calling people out. You know why they're doing that? Because they know none of those people are actually there. Why would you, but don't you want them there? Don't you want them watching and listening? Now, when you call out their sin, you would call out their sin like you would call out anybody else's sin, right? And hopefully you would call it out in a direct blunt way, pulling no punches. But just, just think about this. If you, if you are going after someone for being a drunk, right? For drunkenness. 
if you mock them, if you are dismissive and derogatory, they're not going to hear the conviction of God's word. They're going to hear you attacking them in a very personal way. In other words, nothing is gained. No ministry is happening there. Now, I've, I've been guilty of doing the same thing. I, I'm, I don't stand in front of you with clean hands. I stand in front of you as a sinner who's made all of these mistakes myself. Always trying to figure it out. Like, okay, okay, oh, I'm going to preach this to sin. And it's easy to find yourself doing that. But it's just in this conference, there's been too many times. Like, how many, look, you, the only thing you can talk, the only thing you can talk about is pronouns and two sexes. Like, that's the only point you want to make. Well, then just dedicate an entire sermon to that point and get it across. Hey, Christians, I mean, all the people there are Christians anyway, but go ahead and tell the Christians that, hey, hey, there's male and female and sex is for between a man and a woman in the bonds of marriage. Okay, okay. okay. I mean, go, you can do all of that. You can you can restate it. I got no problem. But you can do it in a very direct, blunt way without pulling any punches, but not being just a jerk on the playground talking trash to the other person so that, ooh, you got to burn in. In fact, I think, uh, I think that someone said something like that. And I think someone in the, on the YouTube chat said something like, whoop. And I'll go, oh, what, what, whoo. Yeah. It's, it's like, is, is it professional wrestling where you're like, ooh, cut that promo. Say something really mean to the other wrestler. Come on. It's not, it's not the WWE. It's not professional wrestling. It's preaching. It's proclamation, but you can get caught up in it because we have a fleshly spirit. I can get caught up in it because like I said, I hate. I hate charismatic theology. Like, I don't, there's not even words for it, how much I loathe it. So I got to be careful with that. Now, that's that's something inside the church. I, I tend to be less patient with that, which in, inside the church than I'm outside the church. Outside the church, I tend to be more like, see, what, what does the world need? Do they need to be fixed of their sexuality? Or do they need to be fixed of, well, salvation? And why, like, it's just so weird because on one hand, Christians will say, how dare, we're not going to bend our knee. We're not going to change our opinion for 1% of the population or 5% of the population or 10% of the population. It's a small minority. They should not tell us what to do. Okay, I, I hear Christians say that all the time. All right, well, if they're such a small minority, that means their sin makes up a very small portion of the population. So maybe instead of you're going to use sins to, 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 to throw out and condemn in a mocking way, why don't pick, I don't know, Maybe more popular sins. How about how about pornography? Yeah, let's do that. How about lust? Mm, yeah, because there's probably men sitting in that. I can't speak for the women, but there's probably men sitting in that sanctuary who had lusted, is lusting, will lust. There's probably men in, the, in that uh, uh, in that meeting who struggle with pornography. I, I, we can go on and on and on and on. How about uh, I don't know people engaged in premarital sex. How about, how about women who aren't submissive to their husbands? Or how about people who are backbiting and gossip and stuff? Like we can go, we can really get to some personal sins. How about use those things because you're going to offend all the people there because you're going to be mocking the very people in front of you. But you know, you're pretty safe to go mock the people that make up a small portion of the population. And you, and by, but by constantly bringing it up, you're majoring in the sin that would be more, wouldn't that be just by numbers? Be the, the smaller sin compared to the ones that are carried out by more people. Where is that line? Where is it? Where is it? We also heard 
And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going through all the notes. I, I was going to approach this a little different when I started because I really wanted to get to some of the notes because some of the notes, I think we can really do some actual preaching and teaching from. And so we will, but it was all this other stuff that was thrown in that really distracted, at least for me. See, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about the actual sermon. I'm not actually, I'm not talking about what maybe the spiritual point he was trying to get because he destroyed the spiritual point by throwing out all of this other nonsense that only distracted from God's word. So at least one of these sermons, I don't even remember what the, t- I don't even remember the sermon because all I heard is all of this other nonsense. He said something like this. These are some things that were just said that was absolutely, I thought crazy. He said, when you give up on America, you give up on God. What does that even mean? If I give up on America, so you have to be pro-American. Hey, for those who may hear this podcast and because we, I could go through all the countries that people listen to us in. Let me see. Let me see if I can find out. Um, I'll just look on one platform. I, I don't have time to look up all of the platforms. I can just give some numbers of the different places people listen to us today. Let me see if I can get to them. Because typically every month we have basically ser- sermons being listened to in pretty much every country on the planet. But let me look here. Um, let's see here. All right. Here's some of the countries that we've had just today. Just today. 587 downloads from Indonesia. 422 from the Bahamas. 212 from India. 168 from Germany. 135 from Canada. 96 from France. 93 from the United Kingdom. 53 from Australia. 51 from Bermuda. 49 from Pakistan. 42 from Kenya. uh, 39 from Nepal. 37 from the Philippines. 30 from Argentina. uh, 27 from Hungary. 24 from Brazil. Brazil, 22 from Bangladesh. I wanted to name one of my children Bangladesh, but I got over overridden, but okay. 20, Mexico, uh, 19, Nigeria, 16, uh, Poland, uh, 15, South Africa, 13, Zem- Zambia, uh, 12, Netherlands, and 386 from other countries that are not specifically, they weren't able to specifically get a good location, but just not in the United States of America. That is all today. So am I supposed to tell all of those, hey, if you give up on America, you've given up on God. When did America become connected with God? Like, like when, when, when did this supposedly happen? Wouldn't it be more like if you give up on Israel, you give up on God? Wouldn't that be more like biblically? To, even, even that, I don't know if that would be the biblical thing to say. But at least Israel is much more connected to God than America is. America is not in the pages of your Bible. And then, I don't think I wrote it down. I don't think I wrote it down. It was shocking. And I don't know if someone else got the exact quote. Hang on, let me make sure I didn't write it down somewhere. Because I was utterly blown away and dumbfounded by it and horrified. He said something along these lines. That this country, America, is one nation under God. Not Islam. Not the Islamic God, not Allah, not Buddhism, not any other religion that it was founded that this is one nation under the true God, seemingly to imply that this this nation needs to get back to Christianity, that this nation needs to be a Christian nation, almost, I guess, implying that no other religions even count. But this nation was very much founded on the freedom of religion. When you say one nation under God, it's you can say it's one nation under God, but in, everyone has the right to worship their God, their way, or choose not to worship God. That's the beauty of this country, not to create some kind of Christian theocracy or Christian nationalism. It was absolutely frightening what I heard. He condemned, I guess, according to him, under the Obama administration, this was the claim, I would have to verify this and search it out, that every day, I guess for noon prayer for Islam, that there was a room where they had the Islamic rugs where you would lay down the rugs to face Mecca and then to, you know, to pray to Allah. The, the, the answer, the Islamic call to prayer. And he was shocked and horrified that that would happen. Why? It's called freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. You you want your freedom. You got to give them their freedom. You deny them their freedom. Sooner or later, someone will deny them your freedom. 
And then what was amazing is that at some point in the sermon, he came back and said, how mean the world is to us. How mean everyone is to us. What do you mean how mean? You've been nothing but in an attacking, mocking, derogatory bully the whole, like it's there. I don't understand how you cannot see that. Where is the fine? Where is that line in preaching? And I'm not saying I've always got it figured out. Now you can say, well, Jesus said some pretty mean things about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know what? He did. I also know there's a difference between Jesus and me. He's God incarnate, the second person of the Trinity without sin. So if he wants to refer to the Pharisees as this or this or this or this, he can probably, obviously he can do that and not be without sin. I don't know how far I can go. Now, referring to someone as a hypocrite who's guilty of hypocrisy, that's okay. Telling someone that, hey, you've cleaned up the outside of the cup and inside you're filled with unrighteousness. Hey, you're like a whitewashed tomb. You're good on the eye. Like you can, you can explain that about some, I, I, I'm not saying that there's never a time not to do that. There, 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 there comes a time and place, but how you do it, you got to know where that line is. And again, it's one thing if it's the ma- major emphasis of the point you're trying to make, if you're just throwing in little attacks and derogatory comments, dismissive, that's what I can't, I, I don't, I don't know why, again, I don't really think you need a seminary education to hear these words. Ephesians 4, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away uh, from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And you could argue that I've even violated that tonight because maybe I'm not being as tenderhearted and as kind and forgiving as I should be to the speaker who I felt was attacking these people. It's a hard line to fall. We're always going to fall short of it. Thank goodness for the imputed righteousness of Christ. Controlling the tongue, controlling our emotions. It's hard to remember that the Bible tells us that we are to love our enemies. Now, if you perceive the LGBTQ community to be your enemy, if you perceive the woke mob, to be your enemy. If you perceive the liberal Democrats are your enemy, you're still called to love them. You're still called to turn the other cheek. You're still called to pursue peace and live peaceably with anyone as much as possible. You're still called to, to let you know, to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, grieve not the Holy Spirit, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. You're still called to do that. And that would still apply even to your enemies. But we've gotten... Sometimes I think the church, we, we sound like, remember when, I mean, Trump is now on Truth Social, but remember when he was on Twitter, his Twitter feed or now his Truth Social page, attacking and derogatory and so divisive and dismissive and divisive and every other word that I can come up with, it was just horrible attack, 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 belittle, attack, call names. And many Christians eat that stuff up. And when pastors start that, they're using those, listen to the, it's usually the men in the audience. It's usually the men. They start laughing like kids on a playground. They're like, hey, men, and they laugh. And, and the men eat that stuff up. And I don't know why. 
And she'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. We, we want those people to hear our message. We want those people to know that, yes, they're a sinner, but God loves them. Christ died and they can be saved. He had a big issue with referring to uh, uh, those who cross the border illegally as undocumented uh, I don't know, uh, uh, undocumented citizens or however, he was upset about the terminology there. He was more upset about that. Uh, now, he did say he wanted to reach them, but he spoke of them in a very derogatory way and wanted to, to go off on open borders. I mean, none of it had anything to really do with this sermon other than basically, and what was bizarre is he wanted to return to the good old days because the world is so messed up. He wanted to return to the good old days. You know what days he pointed to? The 1970s, the good old days, right? Read articles about how the crime infested, how crime was a mess in the 1970s. I don't know, the 1970s, I don't know. Maybe he missed YMCA, raining, and it's raining men, disco, gay clubs. Maybe he mentioned, he forgot all, all the stuff that was going on in the 1970s, the sexual revolution, the explosion of pornography. Uh, there was a certain movie that I won't name it that was very, very, that like became like, something of pop culture that people who never went to pornography went to see. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was a kid in the 1970s. I remember this. Remember the 1970s when supposedly KISS stood for kids and Satan service or kings and Satan service and they were going to destroy the youth of America because KISS was satanic. I remember the 70s. Go, go watch some of the movies in the 1970s that were like rated like PG and, and you'll be like shocked at the con. You'll be like, oh, what was going on in the 1970s? I don't know if the 1970s was like the good old days when people were godly and people were holy. We need to get back to those days because at least they knew what a man was and they knew what a woman was. Like that, that's the only issue. There was not issues in the 70s because I guarantee you in the 70s, preachers were running around screaming, the end is near. Uh, the, we have become Sodom and Gomorrah. God is going to destroy. But I guess the 70s were actually the good old days. It was so bizarre. And every time older preachers talk about the how, I wish we could go back to that time. What time are you referring to? Because every time you go back, you go back to a time where, I don't know, people were enslaved, people were denied their basic rights. I don't know, we were dro- dropping an atomic we- a bomb on, I don't know, a civilian population. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. We, I mean, horrible things. I mean, I don't know, just so that you know, Sodom and Gomorrah was going on before the LGBTQ community. Formed. I want you to know, Cain was killing Abel before Netflix, before rap. The issue is inside the human heart. It's called total depravity, and it's manifested itself in every decade in some way, shape, or form, and it always has and it always will. The good old days are never as good as you think they were. The same depravity was there. May have been, may not been as visible in this way or invisible in that way, but it was there. And so many times when I hear Christians like, you know, They're shoving it down my throat. Well, you know, stay off their TikTok pages. (laughs) Stop watching them on, stop watching them on Instagram. Stop watching them on YouTube. You don't have, if you don't want to hear those, those viewpoints, you, 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 it's pretty easy to stay away from it. Now I understand you're like, well, in popular movies, they show this and they show that. Well, you do realize those movies are made by the world. So exactly what were you expecting? A Christian documentary? But we, but I think sometimes we want the world to act like us because they make us uncomfortable. But we don't want the world to act like us because it makes us uncomfortable. We want the world to become saved through the proclamation of the, of, of Christianity so they can go to heaven. Not so that they will act in a way where you don't have to feel uncomfortable. Now, I've heard some crazy things from the pulpit. I, I literally heard in an independent fundamental Baptist church in Papillion, Nebraska, a guest speaker talking about bashing the heads in of homosexuals preached from a pulpit in the 1990s. 
that is horrifying. Now, I got no problem preaching against the sin of homosexuality. I have a problem when you start wanting people attacked and killed. And you say, well, the Old Testament. Well, we're not under those Old Testament laws because if we were, we'd be killing all kinds of people. If we were, we would be sacrificing. No, you got to remember those civil laws for Israel living under a theocracy. We don't live in a theocracy. I'm sorry, we don't. A representative republic, right? Where we democratically elect people to office to represent the constituents and the people vote. It's by the people for the people and the people may not think the way you think and they may not want what you want. Because as Christians, though, we're not so much worried about trying to get them to want what we want. We want them to believe in Christ because this is not our home. That We are a pilgrim and stranger here. But I know this. We live in a culture where there's people we strongly disagree with. You can call them your little names. You can act like some child on a playground attacking people and tearing people down and cutting them down. And I don't see how that ministers and I don't see how that's godly. I just know this, when, when, when you take, if you're going to talk about the viral video on social media where they say we're coming, or someone says they're coming for your children, and you're going to do that, and you don't bother to research all the possible ramifications of what was said, what was said, but even if they're coming after your children and you think in the most draconian, horrifying way, first of all, you need to admit all of the horrible things that's happened to children inside the church. Okay, first you got to deal with all the sexual abuse and horrible things and grooming of children to be sexually molested inside churches. We got to deal with that, right? Sexual, I mean, there's a lot of horrible things that's happened in churches. I mean, there's, there's, you can look up all the statistics and they're horrible. Okay, but so even if you want to ignore that, you could say, you know, if you're coming to my, coming after my child philosophically, I understand why you would want to change their mind because you want the world to think your way. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and I'm going to do my very best to train them and teach them something opposite, you know, just so that you know. And if you are threatening to come to my children to do harm, then I will stand in front of those children. I will protect them with my life and I will uh, contact the authorities. You don't have to threaten to kill anybody. You just say, I'm willing to lay down my life for them. I'll, I'll stand in the way. You're, 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 I'm not going to let you get to my children. You'll, you would have to kill me to get to them. You, you, don't, you don't have to threaten any kind of violence. Not only that, it was one person at a, at a parade. I don't know if it was a person even talking about your children in the first place, but it becomes, a, it becomes a, the boogeyman. It becomes the, and in Christians, we just get, we just get, don't you see how Christians get played by the culture? Can can we keep our minds, I don't know. I know this is a cliche, but let's let the culture play checkers and let's us play chess. Let us be a little bit more sophisticated and thought out. Let us be as wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Let's not get played. Let's not get manipulated. Let's not respond to the culture in a fleshly way. Let's not resort to name calling, mocking, and, and, and let's be more concerned with the, with the, the sin in our own eye. Let's be worried about the, 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 the sin in our own eye before we, before we start worrying about someone else's. Let's worry about the two by four sticking. Let's worry about the tree. Let's worry about the redwood tr- oak tree sticking in my own eye before I start worrying about the splinter in someone else's. How about we, how about judgment begins at the house of God? And we, and we can start with how we talk about people and, and really emphasize loving our enemy. Turning the other cheek. It's just sad. 
that I sat down to listen to preaching of God's word and I walked away, at least for me. Now, there, I don't know if anyone's currently listening who heard the messages from tonight at the, the 2023 National Sword Conference. If you're listening and you're listening on Spreaker, by all means, hop in the chat and just say, well, I, I didn't, I didn't feel it was that. That's perfectly okay because I need balance here. Because I, I think, because again, I've got someone's notes here from one of the sermons and their notes, I could take their notes and really preach it because I think they, they were very generous and I think they were very uh, loving and how they, they, they kind of left a lot of it out. All right. Someone said that they agree with me, but I'm looking at someone's notes and it's really good stuff, right? I mean, they got Psalm 9, 5 through 17. Then they have Psalm 9, 1 through 2, 3 through 4, 15, 16. They kind of go through a little bit about what was said. Four points on forgetting. We forget God. We forsake God. We Then we start following other things. And then that leads to failure. Um, and then they have Proverbs 14, 34. How are we going to get America back by remembering the Lord our God? Like everything here, um, man. I mean, I, I could take this and turn it into an actually probably a decent sermon or at least a decent study. Um, okay, good. All right. Someone said the first sermon tonight, I left upset and frustrated, but I didn't write any of that in my notes. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. The person who emailed me the notes, um, there you go. They, they didn't leave, they didn't put it in the notes. And that was generous of them. That was gracious of them not to do that because they, they were able to see past, like for me, my brain, I just got, it's my own fault, right? There were some of those statements. I just, it just hit me the wrong way. And I should have pushed through and I should have focused and focused on the text. But I, I felt like, you know, I think I, I said something about this that, that he mentioned the gospel and the message. And I'm like, well, the only gospel I've heard is the gospel is this. Don't be woke. Don't be liberal. Don't be LGBTQ plus. Don't be a Democrat. Don't be an illegal alien and do not drink. That's what I felt I heard. Now that's the sad part is there was actual scripture being dealt with, but I missed it. I, I, I overlooked it or, or I allowed my motions to, to get the best of me. Now that's the danger though of doing that kind of stuff in preaching. That's, I, I take the blame. I was not a good hearer. I was not a good hearer. I always try to say, get what you can from a sermon, even know how much you agree with it. But I just was so bothered. It just felt like maybe because it was like a combination, like uh, even the person who's introducing the speakers, there's been numerous times he's thrown in a little jab or a little this or a little, something about pronouns or something about how, and it's like, I don't even know how many times it's been mentioned. It's like, we get the point. I got it. All right. You don't like the LGBTQ plus. You don't like the, the transgender world. I understand it, but either address it in a meaningful way or I don't know, use that. There's no other sins to be upset about. There's no other sins to throw in little jabs about. There's no other sins. There, all those men are pastoring churches. Come on, let me go to those churches and get to know the people. Come on, let me let me let me get to know the teenagers in those churches. Come on, let me know. Let me find the singles in those. Come on, let me really find out what's going. I bet you there's plenty of sin right there. We could mock, we could make fun of, we could be derogatory about. I just know that there, that as Christians, we have to figure out what that line is. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to end with reading it again, because this is where my mind has been really since the message ended. I just keep going back to it and, and I, and I'm going back to it because I'm trying to see myself in it. I'm trying to see in the ways I've done this, how many times I've been guilty of it. I hope, I hope that's coming across. I, I, I hope it's not coming across. I'm just, I, I'm guilty. Like I, I, I don't have. I don't have clean hands in this. All right. So, so let me read this. All right. Ephesians four, 
let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And I've let a lot of, of corrupt communication come out of my mouth in my preaching, probably on my podcast, in my life. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. How often do you, does your communication grieve the Holy Spirit? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Look, you want to hear me? You want to hear some of my corrupt communication? You want to hear my bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice? Let me start talking to you about my life in high school. You're going to hear a lot of that because it's going to come out of me. And guess what you won't hear? Is I'm not being godly and being kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. So, what do I need to do with day two of the National Sword Conference of 2023? At least for – now, the morning, I, I gave some major praise for some of the things in the morning. I gave some major – between uh, the second sermon last night and this morning, I gave a lot of praise because there was a lot of good. But what I need to take from this bad is this. I need to take it. And I need to hold it up to me and I need to see me and not see them. I need to see my mistakes, not their mistakes. I need to see my issues, not the mistakes or the issues of the independent fundamental Baptist. And I could tell all the horrible stories of all the things that I've encountered in that world. But I need to step back and see me. It's about me. It's about me. How do I speak? How do I treat? How do I act? And understanding that there is a line there. You don't want to compromise with sin. But you also got to know when, what to deal with. Like, what's, what are you trying to accomplish? I think some Christians just want people to act away because it makes them comfortable. When what you see, you have to see what they need is salvation. Don't expect a non-Christian to live as a Christian. And even if you get a non-Christian to live as a Christian, what value is it? They're going to die and go to hell. Their issue, the issue isn't, one specific sin or two specific sins. They are sinners even without that sin. Deal with the fact that they're a sinner and they need Christ. Pray for them. Love them. Show them compassion. Show them mercy. Be there for them. And then when the opportunity presents itself, hopefully because that you've been so loving and kind and merciful, that you'll get the opportunity to take a Bible and say, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God has given us his law. Here are some of the law. That he's given us. You could just use the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments doesn't even mention homosexuality or any of that. It, you can mention that. And you can say you're guilty of it. And guess what? I'm guilty of it. And guess what? We can't do anything about it because we are sinners and we cannot keep God's law. Your only hope is in the finished work of Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, who came, lived, kept the law for you because you could not, and paid and died for your sins of breaking the law. And by putting your faith in him, your sins will be washed away and covered by the blood and his obedience and righteousness will be imputed to you so that you can now stand before your creator as holy and perfect, even though you're not in practice and never will be in practice. You could offer them the gospel. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Tomorrow, the National Sword of the Lord Conference of 2023 begins at, let me find it here. Let me find it here. It begins at 930 a.m. Eastern Time, so 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Here's the schedule for tomorrow. 8.30 a.m., Jerry Ross will be preaching on day three of the National Sword Conference. At 10.30 a.m., Jason Godsey will be speaking. At 11.30 a.m., Richard Harper. Three messages in the morning. Now, tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central Time, 
8 p.m. or so 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, but 7 and 8 p.m. their time in North Carolina. Norris Belcher and Mike Allison will speak. Now, for those who do not attend Victory Baptist Church, um, hey, don't listen to me tomorrow. Listen to them and take good notes because I won't get to hear it because I'll be on my way. Skip me. Don't listen to me. Listen to them because I, I need the notes and I need you to take good notes. So if you don't go to church tomorrow, don't listen to my church. Listen to the Sword Conference and take good notes and then email those things to me as fast as you can to newsif at yahoo.com because I definitely want to hear and see what was talked about. And then we'll talk about it tomorrow. So we'll find a time. I don't know how tomorrow, tomorrow, hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to be watching the morning session. And then after the morning session, we'll talk about it. I'll do a podcast. Then hopefully when I come home tomorrow night, hopefully I can uh, do another recording. We'll see. But tomorrow I also got to prepare for Wednesday night church. Uh, So, and I also have a message I have to preach on Saturday when I'm marrying someone. I got the message written, so. And guess what? It's not your traditional wedding message. So I know that I, I never do anything the right way. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I hope this was helpful. I know I could have done a better job of covering maybe some more specific things, but hey, that this is what I, I felt. So this is what I talked about. And I'm gl- thankful that two people, at least two people said, hey, I kind of felt the same thing. But uh, one of them was better because they were actually able to pay attention to the sermon and I got caught up on the other stuff. So that's my own fault. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.